All right. By now, guys, you know, I love talking about all wrestling. What you might not know is it's not my real passion. My real passion is helping people save money. My real passion is getting families out of apartments and into houses. My real passion is getting people's finances aligned so they can retire on time. I hated going to Walmart and seeing the greeter being 80 years old. She should not be working. She should be home. Why is she still working? Because she still has a mortgage. I want to help avoid that for you. The other thing I want to help you with, let's make sure your kids don't get saddled with student loans. If you've got a student loan, why did you get one? Maybe because your parents still had a mortgage. I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm being sincere. There's only so much money to go around. What I want to help you do is figure out where you are right now and where you want to be long-term. And I do it at SaveWithConrad.com. I've been doing mortgages for more than 20 years. And during all that time, we've helped tens of thousands of families change their life. I mean, routinely, we're helping our podcast listeners save five, six, seven, eight hundred bucks a month, but more importantly, get them out of debt faster and with cheaper monthly payments. But if you don't think it can happen for you, let me just tell you this. We are not the bank. We don't say no. We say not yet, but here's how we're going to get you a game plan on how to improve your credit, how to save a little bit of cash and how to get into that dream house. Maybe you're already in the house, but it would be nice if someday we could put a pool in the back or one day we want to upgrade to hardwood floors or remodel the kitchen or get a badass master bathroom. I can help you do all of that with no money out of pocket right now at SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. Check it out. Savewithconrad.com, NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And hey, y'all, don't take my word for it. Check us out. We've got an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. And as if that's not enough, go look at our reviews. Read them and weep, haters. Conradreviews.com. You'll see more than a thousand five-star reviews. Our average review is 4.72 stars. Find out how much money you can save. Take control of your life in 2023 by taking control of your finances. We're going to show you how to keep more of your own money. If you've got credit card debt, what are you paying on that? 14%, 28%. You know, you can do better with the mortgage though. You may not know this. The interest you pay is tax deductible. And we can even show you how to skip your next two house payments. So if you could get a lower monthly payment, pay your debt off faster get a greater tax deduction at the end of the year. And right now, right after the holidays, skip your next two payments, buddy. This is the biggest no brainer in the history of the world. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at savewithconrad.com. or Hey man, shoot me an email directly. Conrad at savewithconrad.com. Hey, race fans, Hall of Famer, Daryl Walter here. You know, it's time to drop the green flag on another edition of meaning right turning left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Pacematic. So, hey, pull those belts tight one more time. Here's my buddy Hermie Sadler and Senator Bill Stanley. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's see what they have to say, boys and girls. I'm Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley, a lot lighter, still leaning right. And I'm fat ass Hermie Sadler, <laughs> former NASCAR driver and Fox Sports analyst. I chick-fil-a on the way to the stanley skys oh. stanley skyscraper today and i'm turning left and this is leaning right and turning left with sadler and the senator and we have our special guest our our plus one our sidekick he's back for another episode one two three Chef Miles. <laughs> and as usual, I'm bringing up the rear again. 
<laughs> but that's what made you so popular I in prison when you were arrested in Mecklenburg. Finish last <laughs> for this next weight loss challenge. You were the big heavy one. For those listening uh, for the first time, welcome to the program. <laughs> those that are following up, <laughs> the big heavy one. <laughs> yeah, thank you, son of. A <laughs> and and uh, we Get had a weight loss challenge. Now. For those that you have to listen to last week's episode with uh, Bill Carrico, Senator, former Senator Bill Carrico, now the Executive Director of the Virginia State Police Association. We had the great way in. We started a weight loss challenge, giving money to charity whoever <laughs> lost the most weight well, supposedly lost the most weight would win and the money that both parties that lost put up would go to their special charity uh i won i'm the big skinny winner and you guys are two big fat losers and then we double down double down double down we're doing it again uh pick new charities well one of us picked new well you and i picked new charities I did. yep the other one stuck to it. Uh, I thought you had <laughs> I listened to the podcast, and when they asked, uh, when we asked you who your charity was, you're like, "Me? I gotta make this money back up." But I'm gonna tell you something, Chip, because I love you, because you come on here and you volunteer. Is that what I was thinking was? And we have to make a corporate decision here, Hermie. Sounds like he's already made. Is, <laughs> yes. Well, he makes corporate decisions with the Sadler Stanley race team and tells me about Which that. is winning, by the way. Yeah. And this is going real good, too. I can tell. So far. Oh, by the way, I got something to update, still too. still time to I numbers with our race cars in, this, in the uh, oh, good. Wheeling Tour. Oh, we got to talk about that. But what I'm going to do, Shep, is because I can hear the stress in your voice about having to explain to your wife that eight bills was going to go to that uh, charity, is that for this time only... What we'd, we'd be willing to do is actually uh, the SLG Consulting, which is part owner of this with uh, uh, Sadler Motorsports, uh, would put up based on our uh, based on our numbers that we bring in from sponsorship money. We would put that pot of money. What is it? Thirteen hundred bucks, right? And uh, the company will pay it, but not the next one. Well, I will tell you, I've already taken out a credit card in your name that you haven't found <laughs> out yet, so I can pay it. Don't worry. I mean, you know, indirectly, you're going to be paying it. Listen, I, you know, here I am being you're gracious. Indirectly. <laughs> gracious directly. I mean, you owed, what, eight bills? Because you were so $840. far away. $840. Well, you had the $40, didn't you? Well, I was trying to transfer that to him. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it is going to him. And so now we're going to make that donation. Uh, mine was five. SLG Consulting. Five forty. Because I was four tenths of a pound over over right. my pre weight, and uh, he, he was a full eight hundred dollars. And Shep was field dressing at two forty three point eight. <laughs> field dressing, yeah. And I mean, so, so uh, the much bigger man actually. I'm going to pick up the tab through I, the corporation. I weighed with my underwear on. <laughs> so are you promising next time when we have the weigh-in when Senator Carrico comes back to be the efficient that we're, you're going to be totally nude? It's all, I, no, it's a speedos. We got a speedo deal we're working on. Oh we're going to stand up in the window seal. Yeah, I'm going to get it. evicted uh, from this place, or we're going to have an indecency charge because we're, we're like you know, one you know of I can get a good lawyer places with naked people in the windows. Huh? Do you represent people? I have guy? no idea where you can get a good lawyer. <laughs> you haven't got one yet. But uh, welcome to another episode of the show. We're talking about the weight loss challenge because I'm determined to lose weight. Uh, Shep doesn't seem so much. I heard you ate the French fries on Hermie's I sandwich. Ate one so, corner here's of the one fry, <laughs> Senator. And Hermie eats a fried chicken Here, sandwich. Here's the deal. You guys tried are really, dry. Do you know what I had for dinner last night? Soup, homemade soup. Make soup, eat soup. Don't eat anymore. Water. So, and I drank nothing but Shep water Miles last night. And I, we usually meet at my store in South Park. That's mm. kind of a. He comes from South Hill. 85 and I come in Poirier 95 we meet at South Park so I get there and 
he's not there yet. So he texts me and says, I'm like 10 minutes out. So I said, mm-hmm. okay, I'm already here, but I'm going to run and get me a sandwich and I'll come back. Would you like anything? He says, Diet Coke. <laughs> That's and I said, I said, would you like anything to eat? He said, no, I'm on a diet, just a Diet Coke. Okay. So I go <laughs> get him a Diet Coke. I get me a lemonade and I get me a chicken sandwich and french fries and, and a 12 piece nugget. Just calls. So they we, won't sell. Before I get out to the parking lot, Billy, he's got his hand in my bag eating my waffle fries from Chick fil A. Chick fil A. So what's the point? I mean, does it make you feel lighter so you can say, I ate Hermie's French fries as opposed to Hermie getting me my own French fries? Well, they were waffle fries, not crinkle fries. So they're lighter because they're waffle fries. Wait a minute. It's less fry content. Aren't they more fries. dense because it's like mini fries put no, together no, 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 in a no. waffle shape? Absolutely not. No. They're, they're, <laughs> this is a they're diet lighter. Fry. They are lighter because of the waffles. They have holes in them. So it's lighter. He wanted <laughs> only. You're going to do great. He wanted You're only a diet coat because he's on a diet. And before I could get the truck in drive, he had his hand stuffed down at the bottom deep. of the bag. Deep. Just deep. <laughs> Doing an inspection. And then he pulls out, the, as I'm eating my sandwich, he pulls out the chicken nuggets. He said, like, it's my fault. You had to put these in here. You know, so he's. So I don't understand. Was there a I nugget offered, consumed? Yes, one whoa, nugget. Whoa, whoa. We one started nugget. out with a French fry. Now we're admitting we're going backwards here. You I, had a nugget. I had one nugget Shep. and a corner, uh, only one nugget Shep. and a corner of the Shep. fry. And I even offered to drive because Hermes eating with both hands on his phone, showing text and driving with his knee. I said, "Would you like for me to drive?" Absolutely Shep. not. Absolutely not. I got Shep. it. Shep. One nugget Shep. and one, well, not what, even a whole. Fry wait a second. Something. Wait a second. The bigger question, you know, I'm a criminal defense attorney, so I tried to dive. Deep into the facts. You had a Chick-fil-A sandwich in there with fries, right? One of those, he ate that. One of those. Now, what were I the ate chick- the Chick-fil-A sandwich. What were the nuggets doing in the bottom they of the They were on sale. I got the nuggets. <laughs> I got the nuggets because oh I God. wasn't sure what time we were going to get out of here to go back home. I said, I'll have something to snack on. Snack on on the way home. But very dietetic. scoffed them down before we got off the ramp back on 95. Now remember, that is uh, not true. In Shep's analysis of the waffle fries, saying that it is less fry because there are holes in it, I guess there's air surrounding the nugget rather than bread, so that's a better option? Yeah. Is well, that right? look, my weight loss motto is I'm going to lose so the state police can win. And, there you go. And I'm rooting for you, but right now you're not giving me a lot of confidence. It's one nugget. <laughs> one nugget. Me one and nugget Shep. and one air... Uh, aerodynamic fry. One corner. I just. It was just one corner of the waffle fry. Hey, yo, look. Let's look on the bright side, Sheptimus. Um, <laughs> you and God, I. At least both, we think this is funny. You I and I. Else does. You and I both only missed our target weight by thirty-five pounds. Is that a combined, combined? thirty-five? No, no, each, each. Yeah. So that's, that's seven. That's the size of a, an eleven-year-old kid. How much worse could I do? <laughs> True, but you're supposed to then use that as motivation I am in weight loss. Like, I'm fully motivated. I'm, I, I, I'm not eating carbs. I'm eating at night. You know, I make my own dinners every night because I love to cook. I make a nice protein, and I make a vegetable. Or I make soup. And then that's what I eat, and I stick to it. I'm fasting with, every two hours between meals. <laughs> and that's great. It's intermittent fasting. That's what I'm doing. You should come out with a diet 
weight loss book because this would be great. Men across the nation would be like, I'm doing the Shep diet. I'm having well, a corner one aerodynamic on holes a serious, in the French fry. On a serious note, I did have to have some blood work. I do have some issues. So I am going to have to make a real diet change. And for maybe six hours. Well, yeah, you couldn't, look, you couldn't tell by looking at you. <laughs> hey, his well, doctor found six hours. I've tried. His, his doctor found out his blood was one third peanut oil. <laughs> so you're okay, though, right? I'm gonna be okay. Okay, you're all right, right? I'm gonna be okay. You're not pregnant. That was the blood no. test. Oh, okay. Because you could have fooled me. But I am gonna be okay. Yeah, okay. But I, I mean, do have to make some changes. And look, speaking of cooking, <laughs> oh, this is nutty already. I love it, Senator. Yes. Um, thanks to the kindness and generosity of you. And your beautiful wife, who's the sponsor of the Turning Left moment here That's at Vista Installations, um, you as a wedding present for my daughter Cora, allowed us to go use uh, your condo at Wintergreen for the weekend. Yeah, did you wreck it? We we bottled it? it while we were there. Sounds like they <laughs> yeah repaired it. I got some text that left me a little concerned. But we, um, when I walked in, you know, it had been maybe close to two years since I had been there with you. Yeah, which is the last time actually I have been there. Which you and I—that's the night out on the patio, everything on the deck. Yeah, that's the night after a couple of adult beverages. If couple, if you mean six, yeah. That we decided we were going to file a lawsuit against Ralph Northam in the Commonwealth of Virginia. That's right. We were sitting on top of the world, according to us. I mean, I've got a place on on top of the mountain, so it looks down into the valley. What that property? It's been yeah, yeah. Actually, disclosed. I put it on my, I, I listed on my financial sure. disclosure every time. Making sure. But we were sitting there looking down, looking over, and and we got a whole bunch of curds that night. We did to take on I, the I state almost, in the skill I games lawsuit. Jumped off the balcony. <laughs> just for the hell of it. The one that's kind of <laughs> oh yeah, and wait, not I, real I, stable. I, you were trying to say that didn't look like it was too far down. No, not too far <laughs> at all. <laughs> I didn't want the liability. I think I held him back. And then we and and those that listen to the podcast know at that point in time, something kept catching out of the corner of my eye, moving around in my condominium. And we're sitting on the in the deck. It's got a big you know plate glass window. And I finally looked down, and here is a brown mouse in my condo. Wow. And that's when we decided because I believe in life. And life is life, okay? I'm against the death penalty. I'm against abortion. I'm pro-life. I'm also pro-mouse. I don't like to kill things. Like when there's a spider and the kids are going crazy, I will, in my house, put the spider in a cup, carry it out, put it outside and let it live. Until that one time the wolf spider bit my hand, and, you know, and I was being nice to it. Um, but so we determined for ourselves – Based in the state of confusion that we're, you know, <laughs> confusion that we're in, it's exactly that what we it was. could catch this mouse. Or and and then I, in the strategy, decided we were going to use a colander and a pot, and, uh, and to go around to save the mouse, yeah, to scoop the mouse into the colander and or pot, carry it outside, let it live, and um, that didn't work out so well. In fact, uh, I had another strategy, which was uh, I was talking to the mouse. <laughs> Oh, and for a moment, I, poor baby. Our wonderful state senator, Bill Stanley, was over in the corner. This was maybe 3.30 a.m. Yeah. on like a Wednesday morning yep. in Charlottesville, Virginia. He's got a pot and a colander, and he's over in the corner. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, Bill, it's not a puppy. You know, It was really cute. It had no wonder they can't get anything done He said, the so mouse just cute. blinked at me. I know he's, yeah, you know. Yeah. he's he, we were communicating. I think at some point he talked back to me. I can't remember. But I went in the and, he, and here's what he said: "Don't sue the governor." But you know, I didn't listen to the mouse either. But he then, 
escaped. We had somebody had, you know, I rent the place out and somebody had hit the kick plate. And so there was a space underneath the front door. So don't think that you don't want to rent my What is the property manager doing? I don't know. But, you know, I mean, Hermie had to go remodel. I say all this to when we were up there that night, we had a group of people that we were meeting with and Bill fixed us a great dinner. And I walked in the kitchen and I cooked all weekend, had a good time. So thank you and Laura for uh, we remodeled for that. that kitchen. That's still nice. It looks great. Yeah. It looks great. Yeah, did uh, it ourselves. I did text Bill yeah. at some point, tell him that we had broken the bed in his room. So <laughs> and a lamp and a lamp and a lamp for the point four. <laughs> well, that's what I said. I said it must be the point four pounds <laughs> that you gained in our weight loss challenge. So two out of the three uh, gained weight. One actually lost weight. That would be yours truly. I lost what six, seven pounds, seven pounds. But three point eight. Very respectable, huh? Oh, I lost seven pounds. Seven. This that's is not a big from number. Bill Carrico. Yes, yeah. that's not a very respectable number. But if you think that the weight loss challenge went over basically the holidays and a wedding. And you go into the Caribbean and drinking fruity drinks. Miami Vices. And who had the discipline? Me. I mean, seven is not, nothing, to, you know, nothing to discount. I mean, comparatively speaking, if you add up your weight gains, um, it's well, you, you gain plus four, I'm minus seven. That's 11. That's 11 pound difference between the three of us. So no, don't conflate the two. So we've got the, we've got the, uh, we've got the weight loss challenge. 2.0 coming up. It's going to end at the end of uh, General Assembly session. Uh, I'm giving uh, my winnings, already counting on them, to Planned Pethood in Franklin County. The Humane Society does such a great job. You, again, let's remind the, the listener, you, Shep, are giving it to If You Buy Miracle, win. Look, if you just stick with the one corner of French fry diet, where does your donation go? Look, I don't even have to hit my goal weight. I just have to lose more than you do because Hermes out. He's not. Hermie and dieting. You, you know, for the guy that gained the most weight, you're really confident, cocky almost. I really think if I get back down to my original Chef, weight, I how, will win the contest. How does this make you feel? Let me listen to this. What's your original Chef, weight? Three point eight pounds. You weigh two hundred and forty three point eight pounds. Congratulations. That's what I'm you weigh right now. I'm not proud. <laughs> Should we do like a see how many how many pounds we might have lost in the interim? Or do you, you think, think we're gonna gain any weight Friday night? Probably. Oh, time. that's right. You got the big dinner. You got your weekly, what, monthly supper club? And monthly you don't go to Middleburg and not eat a steak. <clears throat> yeah. You're going to eat a steak. I'm going to eat a steak. Th- that I am. How big? Big as they make. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you go to Middleburg, <laughs> just take half it's the It's going to probably be a tomahawk. Grill. Bill, you would, I hope you and Laura can work at it to come with us one Friday night, maybe when she's here. The owner at Middleburg, guy's name is Benton, good friend. Super nice guy. 50 feet away. You would bet your life it's Dale Earnhardt. He used to go to the races back in the day, mm-hmm. and with a with a good wrench jacket on and put the gargoyles on with a hat. And I'm telling, I wouldn't, I'd say 25 feet away. If you looked at him with the you mustache, you said it's Dale. He looks exactly like Dale Earnhardt. Wow, wow. Well, so uh, if anybody's traveling up and down 85, we, just inside we, of we, North Carolina, we trying to do well, a, it's a good ad. place to go eat. Okay. Be nice. Give a give a plug. Be nice. I just no, I can't do it. Go ahead. No, nah, to hell with it's it. It's my show. I'm in charge of this. He's got the race team. <laughs> Anybody traveling on 85, just outside of the Carolina Virginia border, the Middleburg exit. Be sure to stop by and see our good friends at Middleburg. Middleburg's takeout. They take care of us. We go down on have our little dinner meeting. Uh, dinner meeting. <laughs> dinner meeting. That means David Sneed <laughs> is hanging from the chandelier. Yeah, that uh, means we can write part of it off. I, I but it is Sneed a was having a good time the last Oh, he was day. having a great time. No, but they do take great care of us. 
super, super nice place to go eat. Just if you're on 85, go by and stop at Middleburg. You won't regret it. Okay. Uh, I don't know when I'll be there, but uh, if so, uh, go I'll, in and use maybe I'll discount. get invited to your to your dinner. Some use promo code Sadler <laughs> when you go to Middleburg and get to get the picture with the the fake Dale Earnhardt. Yeah. Is that right? All right. Well, so let's talk, gentlemen. It's a new week. We're here at the General Assembly. You're high atop this Stanley Law Group skyscraper look, that's overlooking him. downtown beautiful Richmond. He does look like Dale Earnhardt. He puts the gargles on beside it. You can't tell him apart from 15 feet. And we are in the conference room of the Stanley Law Group uh, Conference Center, Law Group and Law Office. I'll be glad uh, when the weather breaks. And this is the first week of the General Assembly, boys. So we had, you know, it's kind of an easy week because, you know, we're just starting the process of bills. But this is when it starts to fire up. And, and what we're seeing right now, um, like in ag today, we had a bill uh, put forth by Senator Newman uh, to try to stop the Reggie compliance that Virginia, during uh, Democrat rule, agreed to hold ourselves to the standards of California. Reggie, they call it. Why? Which means by 2035, we have to have at least 40% of all cars that are new cars that are sold be electric vehicles. And I asked a very simple question in the bill, uh, which was, how much does a car cost? And they're talking like sixty to $80,000. And then I said, how much does a battery to replace the battery cost? And they're like fourteen dollars to $28,000. And then I said, knowing that you know my area uh, has a, a an average per household income for a family of four at 35000 The state average is 65000 Northern Virginia's 120000 Who the heck's going to buy these cars, especially if you have to have 35 to 40% of all Virginians who buy cars, buy electric vehicles, you're going to put poor people in a real bad position, real uh, bad state. Democrats didn't seem to care about that at all. I thought they cared about the poor people. So what we're seeing is like today's bill in ag is now uh, where we're going to get into really the partisan Issues such as, you know, do we do we comply with California regulations in terms of air pollutions or do we determine that for ourselves or, or go into the federal uh, guidelines? You're seeing uh, bills today in P&E privileges and elections that have to do with election law like voter ID, common sense bills uh, that the Democrats say absolutely not. They're not going to go forward with. We had a bill yesterday that our friend Senator Ryan McDougal, he put up, which would have said if a drug dealer cuts into the drugs fentanyl fentanyl and that person who ingests the drugs dies that that drug dealer can be charged and convicted of murder now you'd think that's a common sense bipartisan sounds, sounds pretty lot because we have fentanyl cr- pouring across the border it you know like a one little thumbnail i mean you're talking a and little that must tiny be some bit toxic stuff but one little tiny bit can kill somebody we've now uh, had pouring into the country from china uh Enough fentanyl to kill our whole population. I think China is trying to do that on purpose. They have only one, only one purpose, which is to to crush us, basically, to stop our way of life, to sure. stop our free society, and to be the dominant uh, country and dominant political force on the planet. But you would think that the Democrats would get behind that. But they didn't get behind that. And you know, the funny thing is, that the Democrats are making all these bills right now that are absolutely about uh, gun control. You know, the, the the killings that we're having in gun control. Well, the thing is, is that more people, this is a fact, in the United States have been killed by fentanyl than those killed by guns and traffic accidents combined in the last three years. Wow. But they don't care about that. They care about guns and gun control and impeding our Second Amendment rights, but they don't care about the real killer that's killing American people. You know there are five, five people 
in Virginia who die a day from a fentanyl overdose? Did you know that? I did not. I did not either. But that's how many people were losing to fentanyl. It, it is a huge number compared to the number of people that die by a gun in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Question. But they're more concerned about guns than human life. So when they start talking about guns, kill people, we need to get rid of guns, they won't do crap about what is really killing Virginians. And so that shows it's all political. It's not about humanity. So are Virginia Democrats, are they paying attention at all on the national level that people are fleeing California? Right. People are fleeing New York. People are fleeing Chicago. They are fleeing these Democratic-led areas to go to Texas, to go to Florida, to come to Virginia. What? Why would Virginia Democrat leadership want to model something after a state that people are fleeing from? Well, it makes no sense. You know, actually, if you look at the statistics, we have out-migration, too. We're losing people. To other states like North I Carolina. Say, South I don't Carolina. think people are fleeing to Virginia in a hurry. No, in fact, we're losing population. I mean, it, it, you know, in the next 10 years, if we keep this up, we may lose one of our house seats based on redistricting in the Congress. Wow. But we're having the same kind of problem. Uh, but it, but they're leaving for greener pastures like Texas and North Carolina because we're becoming like California. Got you. And so that kind of proves your point that when you put more regulation on, when you restrict freedoms, when you become more like California, right down to the Reggie, right down to the Greenhouse Gas Initiative, then people are going to leave and they're going to go to better places with more freedom and more liberty. And so we've got to wake up because some of the policies we passed during the special session after George Floyd murder uh, and when the Democrats were in control are really hurting the Commonwealth of Virginia, hurting our schools, hurting our children, hurting the poor, not creating opportunities for job training and all this. They are so worried about an agenda that is liberal. And that they can talk about it at their cocktail parties in Northern Virginia, at their big McMansions and their 10,000 square foot homes, and uh, giggle about the little people to make yeah. themselves feel better than they are doing what's right for the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, I met a guy this weekend when I was waiting to pick up the, the kids, you know, and they were skiing. Guy, nice guy, he recognized me, walked up, we started chatting, blah, blah, blah. And we started having a conversation because we talked about racing. And he said, you know, you think NASCAR will ever go electric and all that? And we had a conversation about that. But I go back to Emporia, where I live, in the area where you live. We all, we both have, and Shep is in the automobile business. We both have places in our areas that serve the middle to lower income class of people that buys because they can only afford the eight to ten to twelve thousand dollar car yeah where is the eight to ten to twelve thousand dollar car going to come from when everything's electric west virginia because west virginia will not join reggie so you'll have to go across the border get the car bring it back but i'm saying and, you, and now what are you a fugitive i mean are you bringing you, across contraband and, state and lines commerce, you, like smoking the bandit you said this but i think you skirted over it you may have meant it but you made a comment about you know, the Democrats make a living on, in my in my opinion. Well done. See, that's good lawyering right there. Not defamatory. The Democrats prey on the middle to low income people that need and the government wants them to be reliant on them for certain things. Correct. They want a dependent okay. electorate. But they sell they sell everybody this bag of goods that we're going to take care of the minorities and the middle lower income people and don't worry about it. We got you. 
We, we got you. Just show up to vote. Show up to vote. We got you. But yet they're pushing these policies to push electric cars on everybody. And to your point, the cheapest electric car is going to start at sixty thousand dollars. Sixty thousand dollars. So and the cheapest battery to replace is fourteen thousand eight hundred. So now how are they going to afford how, that? How, why can't more people see that? See that? I, I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think you know we pointed out, but how much of Virginia is actually paying attention to what we're arguing about here in the General Assembly this year, or any year? I mean, most people didn't understand, didn't know about some of the restrictions like one gun a month and the restrictions on the Second Amendment that were passed during a, a you know, liberal-controlled House, Senate, and Governor's Mansion. And then they go, well, when did this happen? And that's what we've been talking about for 50 episodes, now 51 going on 52. This is our 52nd episode, is that people have to wake up and not be woke. People have to get involved Pay attention. and not be swayed. And look, people that's all the way active. down to the local level. Oh, yeah. I mean, I get asked, too. Yeah. I mean, when did y'all pass that? I've, I've started exactly. two years ago. As I've gone around to meet people in the 17th district leading up to this convention in the race that I'm running in, 75% of the African-American people that I speak with, whether it be at the grocery store or out making towns, when I say, when we have a conversation about policy, and I say, well, why are you voting? Why, why do you think you or your family has historically voting for Democrats? And 75%, not all, 75% at least say, I don't know. I've just, I, something along the line. I've just always, that's, I just felt like that's what I was supposed to do. Crazy. Yeah. Man, my, <laughs> my grandparents were conservative, but they voted because FDR. So they voted for Jimmy Carter. My dad was a conservative and, but he was a Republican, and just he could have arguments with my grandfather about politics, and they'd both agree, and yet Grandpa would never vote for Ronald Reagan. I mean, crazy. I mean, insane. But that's sometimes what you've got here. It's breaking the mold by saying they've, you know, people that have allowed themselves to be subjected to liberal Democrat par, uh, policies are in the cities. This is where all the Democrats run local governments, most likely. And when that happens, then they don't know another way. It's always been like that, to your point, Hermie. It's always been like that. What, they don't know any difference. So they wouldn't know when a Republican comes in and says, hey, let's create some opportunity. Let's, let's re-modernize our schools and get a better education. Let's create those opportunities for workforce training. Let's get you out of the cycle of poverty, get you less dependent on government. Quite frankly, that can be a scary thing for certain people. But you know, I think part of what Hermie's government talking. does serve that purpose of of safety net for those people that you know really can't work or really can't get themselves out of poverty. But what we're creating through government regulation and, and overreach and liberal government policies is a citizenry that is dependent on the government. And that's what the government wants. And we've said it before. Government will say to you, we're going to take a little bit of your freedom, but we're going to give you more security. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Benjamin Franklin said, a man who trades his, his freedom for security has neither and deserves neither. But when you're in that rut, it's hard to change. And such a radical change would also create some bumps along the road that would, you know, just like a child who would run back to the old way for security and safety right. because the new way is scary. And I think that's the problem we're seeing. And now we're just becoming so polarized. The liberal left in the inner city governments are not willing to try a different way. They're willing to continue failure. I mean, look at Richmond. 
Richmond had really built itself back up, really built itself into a wonderful star of the South. People were coming here to visit. They had all these restaurants here after the riots, all this graffiti right down from my office here. Uh, the place is different. It's not safe. Uh, we're, you know, I was discussing today with a, uh, a news reporter from Channel 6 where there was a shooting of four people at a convenience store, and, and part of what the ABC had them do was remove skill games. But these weren't skill games. These were games of chance. Um, but we talked about it even last week. You know, robberies are up. Shoplifting's up. Crime is up. The number of police officers on the street is down. down yeah. And it's down on purpose. Two things. One, the government reduces that footprint. But two, we're losing a lot of people out of law enforcement, as Bill Carrico was talking about last week, going on to other things because it's not a noble profession. It's not respected. You're now the enemy, not the protector. And government's one, one of the three pillars of government is security and safety of its people. And when I mean security, I don't mean like taking freedom for security. Sure. I mean keeping us safe so we can live the American dream, so we can live in freedom and, and know that we live in a safe society. That's government's job. Uh, education and infrastructure are the other two pillars. But, you know, we're seeing a real downturn, and we're now going to see the Democrats re re totally reject anything that has to do with anything about changing the way we do things in Virginia mm -hmm. for the good trying something new. So buckle your seatbelts. The rest of this 40, uh, 40 days that are left in this session are going to be a bumpy ride. Hey, look, and I, you know, you and I, I think, most alike on things. So you talk about the unfortunate shooting at the convenience store that Channel 6 called you about. Yeah. Crime in my areas is horrible. I mean, we have a hard time finding people to work, especially third and overnight shifts and all that. Okay, so there was a shooting. And we had all this stuff about gun control and all that. But guess what they want to call you about? Let's see how we can blame this shooting on skill games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not even yeah. skill games in that store. Games of chance. I mean, games of chance. I mean, the, the mere theory is nuttier than a squirrel turd. I mean, it is unbelievable how this guy calls up and says, hey, do you see what the ABC did as part of the agreement? They're removing, they are prohibited from having skill games. Well, if you look at the ABC's dispensation uh, of this convenience store, what they had was a lot of people loitering all the time, hanging around. So now they have 15-minute limits on parking and, you know, what they've agreed to and pulling out these. And they're not skill games. They're games of chance. So they're video slot machines because mm -hmm. I slowed down the video of the shooting so I could get a look at them. And they are not Queen of Virginia games. Yeah. They're not skill games that are registered. None of them have yellow stickers Sticker. on them. Yep. 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 So these are rogue, illegal games. And so what they're trying to do is cut down the loitering. But now, you know, and if you look at the video, the shooting comes from the outside of the store in through the glass. And people are, you know cowering and and it's a quick video shot uh but now they want to ban skill games or yeah. blame as you said yeah. skill games and but it's just funny it to defies me. common sense and what i'm worried about is casinos go yeah yeah see wherever there's a skill game and now they've lumped in games of chance vgts with skill games so now everything used to be a gray machine now everything is a skill game that they're going to somehow use that as leverage to say we need to get eradicate these because it's costing people's lives. When Hermie has come up here, and, and I've talked to convenience store owners, and they think uh, that, and their employees have said, even your employees said, they're safer, they feel safer, because usually the people playing these legitimate skill games are people they know. Yeah. And it keeps away the riffraff and perhaps the crime one of the, late at night. One of the things that the government did, and I use this term that Daryl Walsh used to say all the time, unintended consequences. Mm -hmm. Back when Ralph Northam was forced, in many ways, in my opinion, to sign SB 971 to ban skill games to appease the casino lobby that were coming in, the the biggest thing they did was take away 
ABC's ability oversight and oversight and enforcement and all that um, because we had them all in stores that were operating certain hours of operation. They were well lit. They were well staffed. People had ABC licenses. People were of age playing them. No riffraff. And now all this other stuff goes on. And they have all these things about guns, but now they get a chance to maybe take a cheap, a cheap shot about skill games. Yeah. And that's that's what they bring up. Focus on. That was the cause of the shooting. You skill know. games breed And violence. they weren't even skill News games in the seven. And it's not. And in fact, the ABC... The head of ABC's investigative unit, police unit, Thomas Kirby, in under oath in testimony, I got from him in direct examination that said they had never had any criminal problems, no criminal riffraff around the skill games. The only issue they had was, I think, one of them, one of the owners, operators, wouldn't pay in the tax. But they even corrected that. Yep. But there was no reason... Or there was no uh, anything they saw where violence or or crime inside the store rose because of the skill games being present. So here we go again. I mean, you know they're gonna they're gonna blame skill games uh, for the floods, for sea level rising. <laughs> they're gonna global warming. Yeah, for the fact that people and aren't then, having they, children anymore. And then it's mine and your fault that skill games are operating. Yeah, well, I'm already hearing it. It's, you're in my fault. And then yeah. you know I had a guy come up to me a. Uh, a legislator come up to me today and goes, you know, why do you keep doing this? And I said, well, isn't it our obligation and duty as maybe a lawyer, but as citizens, if the government passes an illegal or unconstitutional law, aren't we supposed to fight for that to be overturned? I mean, isn't that what democracy demands of us? And they kind of looked at me like, you know, like when your dog, you know, when they're saying their name, yeah. they tilt their head a little bit. Oh, oh uh, yeah. Uh, and had no answer. I want to circle back around to what Hermie was talking about when you're going out talking to people at 75%. I just vote that way because I've always done that. I think that's very true, but I think you've also got to think about how much the Democratic Party has changed. And, Bill, to your point, I think it was your grandfather always voted Democrat. But it's not the same party today. Look, if he was still alive, he would have voted for my opponent. If you lived in my district. I understand. But look how much the Democratic Party has changed through the years. And now, as Hermie is always talking about, they've moved so far left. I just don't even think they're the same party that they – I mean, I don't even think the principles are anywhere close to the same where they used to be. Well, just like that fentanyl argument. If you're interested in saving lives, then take what's the, the argument necessary. Yeah, what's the argument? To take fentanyl off the streets and to punish those that kill people who cut fentanyl into heroin – or cocaine. I mean, if a just the tiniest bit on the head of a pin can kill somebody, and they're cutting it into a drug, that's an intentional act. Right. And that drug dealer has to know the potential consequences. That this is not taken in a very small dose, and even a small, the smallest, smallest of doses can kill somebody. Then they have some intent in their heart. And what Senator McDougal was trying to do was say, "That's murder." And guess what? Some people will. Those that are doing it will go to jail and you're taking them off the street. Not according to the Democrats. You know, now if fentanyl, if you could shoot fentanyl out of a gun. They would do it. They would, they would be totally for that. McDougal's bill would have passed. And so we're going to see here in the General Assembly a lot of contentiousness over the next uh, four to five weeks. 
And like I said, buckle your seatbelts because it's coming. And it started today in the committees. And it's in election integrity laws that are being shot down in the Senate that's controlled 22-18 by the Democrats. And, um, and it's common sense criminal reforms that even the mayor of the city of Roanoke is saying, and he's a Democrat, please, can you, can you roll back all of those uh, lightning you know, of criminal penalties and, and the stuff that is actually increasing crime? Can you roll them back? He's asking, he's begging us to do that. And the Chablis sipping silk stocking Democrats over here going, <laughs> you people down in the Roanoke Valley don't know what you're talking about. When we want your opinion, we'll give it to you. And that's what they're doing. So it should be a clear indication coming up in these November elections, which you're running in, Hermie, for state senate in the 17th district. It should be very clear that Democrats are for their own woke agenda and not for the safety and security of the Commonwealth of Virginia and not even for its growth. Because that Reggie um, law that we have right now is going to kill small businesses. It's going to kill Boyd Chevrolet. It's going to be tough. Or Dodge, Ram. All of it. I mean, it's going to kill the ability for people at lower middle income and lower incomes to travel to a job. I mean, what happens when that person's making $35,000, $40,000 a year and the battery goes out? That's like almost a year's salary. I mean, is it, hmm, do I feed children or get do I battery. feed my children or get a battery so I can go to work so I can earn money to feed my children? Total crap. And the, the Dems are crap. And, and what we're going to have today, I've got a special guest. It just happened. I've got a special guest coming on after we take a break here, but we've got more things to talk about. So my leaning right moment is going to go actually into the second segment, too. I have a special guest that we're going to talk to. You talked to my seatmate in the past, Bill Carrico, last week. That was a great it was podcast, great. by the way. And now you're going to talk to my seatmate, present and hopefully in the future, Senator Bryce Reeves, who just entered the Stanley Law Group skyscraper uh, here high atop Richmond, overlooking the beautiful capital of the Commonwealth. So we're going to talk to him about politics, and and we're going to he's he's been intimately involved in um, in the gambling and skill games issues, and and he's got some bills that are out that I think we can talk about as well. So in the second segment, we're going to have him on as well. Uh, but uh, as we finish up the first part of this political discussion. You had mentioned something to me, Hermie, I think we should talk about, which is the Democrats are trying to make a big kerfuffle about our Governor Glenn Youngkin, who, during his State of the Commonwealth address, stated that we need to be very mindful in Virginia not to allow Chinese influences and Chinese businesses to buy our farmland. And they're looking around trying to buy our farmland. You don't see any Americans going, hey, let's go get a farm in China, in Beijing. But they're coming over here and they own Smithfield Foods, right? Yes. Our, our largest ham processor, they do. which, you know, we have a lot of pig farmers out there that are affected by that. And so Glenn Youngkin said, we got to watch it. The, here are the Democrats. Oh, what a silly, silly man. How crazy is he? What is he talking about? And then we now have gotten word that Glenn Youngkin halted an economic development program in my district in Danville that was a Ford plant that would have created 2,500 jobs. But what it did was uh, it, it, they made lithium batteries for those EVs, those electric vehicles. But the EV company that was making it for Ford is a Chinese-owned CCP, the Communist uh, Chinese Party, owned by them. And Glenn Youngkin, when he found that out, nixed the deal. And I had the Washington Post come up to me today and say, aren't you concerned about something like that? 
I mean, what do you think about that, Herm? I mean, here is Governor Yunkin, could have had 2,500 jobs in the Dan River region, instead says, man, I'm not letting these Chinese companies come in and take over because he doesn't think it's right. Yeah, I appreciate our governor taking a stand because people are not paying attention. They pick and choose the narratives that fit what they want to attack, when they want to attack, especially, you know, the Democrats going after our governor. Our governor is obviously at every opportunity pro-small business, pro-jobs, all those things. I'm glad that we've got somebody who's smart enough to realize what may be going on behind the scenes, but also is independent enough outside of politics to be able to make those kind of decisions, take that kind of action, and not be worried about the potential repercussions because it, it may look good in a newspaper to stand up in front with a bunch of shovels digging these, you know, moving dirt to start this company. But the the, the more control and power that we relinquish uh, to the Chinese that have done nothing but try to um, take us over and cause us harm for as long as I can remember, I appreciate our governor standing up and taking that taking that stance. Shep, you're a local town councilman in South Heal. Um, what would your position be as a, a local government official if Ford comes to you and says, hey, we're going to put in South Hill a plant that's going to make lithium batteries, 2,500 jobs. They're going to be making lithium batteries for Ford. But, oh, by the way, everything's going to be owned by a Chinese company, a company owned by the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. What would your position be as a local government official? Well, I'd circle back around to what we talked about, uh, Ben Franklin's quote that you said a little while ago. The jobs are great. The job's important. But you can't trade jobs for your independence. You can't trade jobs for your security. So at some point, I agree with Hermie, you've got to take a stand. Um, you know, I certainly wouldn't be in favor of it. We've got a little bit of a challenge going on now, in my opinion, uh, even with Microsoft that is expanding down in that area uh, immensely. It's going to be a tremendous amount of tax revenue that our area will be benefiting from maybe in the next five or six years. But it's also uh, creating a lot of other issues. Uh, our labor force, uh, the minimum wage in our area now is not really being standardized by the law. It's being standardized by what Microsoft can pay. So it is a lot of trade-offs with Microsoft. I think ultimately it's going to be a very beneficial uh, solution for our area, one of the solutions for our area. But it's also creating a lot of small uh, business challenges and issues for our local businesses. Well, you can't get a motel room now in South Hill. Well, I tell you this. It's virtually uh, impossible. That's what I told Laura Vizella, who I respect. She's a really good reporter and tries to get it right. But she comes in and says, <laughs> I mean – he just, you know, Governor Youngkin just stopped 2,500 jobs in your region. What do you think of that? And I said, well, I trust my governor. That's why he's in the executive position to make these decisions. And quite frankly, um, you know, what, I, what I'm concerned about, especially on the local level, is that you get, a, you get a business in there, like casinos. When the casinos come in, all of a sudden they are dictating policy here Everything. in the state. And they're dictating policy in the local government level. That you're going to let the CCP come in and they're controlling 2,500 lives, 2,500 families in the Dan River region. They will be dominating in terms of what they have in physical financial resources in that area. No, thank you. I think I'll wait for the next American company or even a French company because, you know, the French French don't do everything, anything except surrender. So 
um, they surrender really well. And uh, so uh, I'll take them, but I'm not taking CCP because they, they want to ruin the way we live. You think they're there for us? You think they wouldn't manipulate? They're pouring fentanyl all over the border like we just talked about. You don't think they would manipulate our local economy if it served their interest, if it degraded the freedoms of the United States and the society that we live in? Tell me that. And if you can convince me they would be totally hands-off, then I'll believe it. I'm, well, I'm already- concerned that they're, they're owning Smithfield, and that is a food supply, food chain issue. And a supply chain. They've issue. already got our White House about a short and hairy. We already know that. Sure. You know, and so that's just a. But something Shep just said struck something that with me. You know, wow. the, this the, the skill game issue bill that we've been dealing with, fighting for. Yeah. To me, and I've told you this a thousand times, has nothing to do with gaming. They can take all the skill games, all the casinos, and take them out of the state and throw them in the ocean if they want to. But if, if they're going to bring all these industries in and allow them, like Rosie's is being built in Emporia right in my backyard. <laughs> literally. Literally 50 feet from the back door of one of my stores. And the Commonwealth wants to ban all of our games and all the charitable games and all the other things so that the casinos have it all. They have a captive audience. Then they have a different set of rules. So they can come in and pay 15, 18, 20 bucks an hour for somebody to wait behind a bar when when I'm operating on this on this playing field, you know, I can't pay that because I don't have the captive audience. I can't charge whatever I want for all my goods and, and services your revenue stream and all that. It. So, you know, the people that I think are finally starting to realize is hey, it majority wins. So if the casinos are coming in, great. But they have to be regulated and governed in a fair and equitable manner in relation to the other small businesses that are in these areas they're coming. Because otherwise, when Rosie's comes to Emporia, if they have a monopoly on games and all these other things, they'll hire all my people. They'll hire all the people from Cracker Barrel. They'll hire all the people from Applebee's, all these places. And so we just they've got to have a level playing field, fair opportunity, just like everybody else. Well, you know, and, a lot of hand signals going on. What the hell are we doing? Well, yeah, because my guest has arrived, and and he's you know he's got to go. He's running a campaign right now where he has a primary opponent, and so we're gonna go take a break in a second. Uh, let's finish up the first segment so we can get straight to him. He's got to go. He's got a busy schedule, even though he's late and didn't show up, even though he promised, and we moved it up for him. Some people were uh, your your mic is not on for a reason. Okay, buddy. <laughs> All right. You yeah, I haven't showed him which button to hit. Yeah, yet. I don't That's know which one this is, but. <laughs> Hermie, where are we on Sadler-Stanley race? And I thought you said we had some news with regard to we've got, for those that are listening for the first time, Hermie and I have started an open-wheel modified um, team that races on all the short tracks in South Carolina, North Carolina, and Virginia. It's part of our platform to make sure that we're highlighting short tracks, the rural areas, and those stores and uh, that have skill games in them, but also those small businesses that depend on these tracks and really can make uh, a lot of money from the revenue that's generated from them. Uh, we've had the announcement that uh, a Hall of Famer from NASCAR Hall of Famer, Bobby Labonte is driving car one for us for the full season. The second announcement that you made on last week's show is that NASCAR legend Ryan Newman is now running for us in car two. Right. And we'll be running not only in the Smart Southern Modified Series, but also in the Wheelin, which is the NASCAR-sponsored NASCAR modified, modified Tour. tour. Yeah. What have you got for us? And, and here, listener... What you can understand is, I'm hearing this for the first time. This is how we conduct business. So what's you, going you, on? I appreciate the great, large um, introduction to this breaking news, but it's not that big of a deal. Oh, damn. Um, All right, we're going to go to break. We'll be right back with Bryce. <laughs> okay, go ahead and say it. Um, 
the numbers that we talked about, the, our cars were running the Smart Series. Bobby Labonte is going back to the 18. Same font. That same font that he ran in those Hall of Fame years with Joe Gibbs in that team. Ryan Newman's car has always been, when he's driven for us, 39. Mm-hmm. So we're set. His old number. Right. But in the NASCAR deal, NASCAR owns the numbers. You have to buy the license, the rights for the numbers. So to make a long story short, um, some of the numbers we tried to get for Bobby Labonte were not available. Um, 18 was taken, and we tried to get 17, you know, to be close to that. 19. Ultimately, we ended up, we're going to have 38 and 39. Oh, that's so cool. 39 would be Ryan Newman because that number was available. And 38. And we had it last year on the right. car when he ran and wheeling. Bobby, um, Bobby Labonte wanted 38 if he couldn't get 18 because NASCAR Hall of Famer and, and legendary modified racer Jerry Cook ran number 38. Well, that's pretty cool. So Bobby won at 38. So when, when we run the NASCAR races at Richmond, Martinsville, Langley, other places like that, we'll have 38 and 39. Didn't Elliot run 38 some too? When Eminem's car Eminem with Robert Yates, yeah. So, another so Elliot Sadler ran the 38. Yes. Yeah. Nice. For Robert Yates, yeah. Well, and, and I was texting back and forth with Bobby because my son's first basketball game, my 10-year-old's first basketball game, was this past Saturday. So I went home to see it. You're a nervous parent. You know, he's not played sports before. Now he's really interested in all sorts of sports, and actually he drives the sim. He wants to be a race car driver. Long story short, uh, he put they gave him his jerseys, and guess what number he was? 18. 18. Perfect. This Labonte hero worship is getting out of hand. Yeah. So I texted that to Labonte. He goes, looking good. And then uh, he sent me a – he was dirt racing. Uh, out west and had like a it looked like a late model but it was late model on dirt mm-hmm. and he had the green 18 and it looked really cool and so it was nice to see him out there running the 18 again so we're looking forward to uh this upcoming season with the Are southern you tour see how long you can make senator reeves sit here <laughs> welcome to eastern stanley towards hermie <laughs> likes to say He's known it's me for likes to say. what eleven years, twelve years. Bryce doesn't <laughs> in together. We're gonna take a break and uh, listen to our sponsors. And usually, the, when we take a break, the sponsors are your company, Hermie, and then me, and then our, our other sponsors. Let's and pay some bills. coming up too. Let's pay some bills, and then we'll come back. And then, yeah, after we do with the we do with the the Senator Reeves, we're going to hear the new Manscaped commercial from our one and only Shep Miles. So stay tuned, guys. We're going to be right back. You know, Herm, uh, we have been really proud to have Manscaped. Manscaped.com is one of our primary sponsors. Uh, They've been sponsoring us for a while. I love the Manscaped products. I love and use them. Brought them here to Richmond. Uh, They're right there in my apartment. Uh, In fact, I just used them last night. It was... uh, a great thing to do. Like when Why a woman, do you look at me like that when you say that? <laughs> it's, when a, it's like when a woman says, yeah, I'm not going out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wash my hair and do my nails. That's what I did last night. Uh, so um, they're great products. I swear by them. I have got the body wash. I've got the shampoo conditioner. Uh, I swear by them. I mean, make my dome look really good. My hair looks good. But now they've got new products, <laughs> Hermie, and new products that, you don't, that maybe we don't giggle uh, about as much because they're not dealing with the nether regions. But if you trust manscaped.com, to handle the downstairs well let them handle the upstairs too because you know what i had facial hair you've had facial hair i don't have it right now shaved it off for the beginning of actually a court trial because they always say that guys with beards don't do well in juries Um, so i don't have a beard right now but you know who has a beard in this triumvirate that we have here in our podcast chef mouse chef mouse got a shaggy he got a soul Shep, patch. Shep, you know, Manscaped's going into new products, 
And we're excited that we're allowed and we're one of the platforms that Manscaped wants to announce what these new products are. And what are they, Shep? I agree. We have breaking news here on the Leaning Right, Turning Left podcast. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once wait, again... Wait, wait. Beer, beer products? like Beard products. Oh, not beer. Beard oh, I products. You, so you don't drink it? No, absolutely okay. not. All right, go ahead. Look, they are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape and your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to <laughs> manscaped.com and using promo code SADDLER for 20% off and free shipping. What's that promo code again? Sadler. S-A-D-L-E-R. Sadler. For Senate. 20%. No, don't type that in. 20% off plus free shipping anywhere in the United States and the world. Isn't that right? It is correct. And, you know, um, we got you the product. You're obviously using it right now. I love it. I love it. I love the beard shampoo and the conditioner. You need to remember all your hair is different. Your beard hair is more coarse and easier to damage than the hair on your head. That's why the kit that I use makes shampoo and conditioner specifically designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, replace natural oils, oils, and promote beard health. And and it's looking really good. I think that's the best shaggy you've got going on in a while. Yes, I've really enjoyed it. (laughs) Hermie's kind of looking at you. I tell you, I mean... He just eat up with good looks and personality. Always has been. Yeah. Throw in it's tough to the have use of the Manscaped.com products. All the I mean, from head to toe, it gives you the tools. Like if you don't have the tool, this gives you the tools. Right. Right. It and only I, enhances every part of you now. Yeah. And they are they are there's nothing that's so if you have other short, if you have other shortcomings, the Manscaped.com Premier Package 4.0 really helps. Level the playing field like we've been talking about. Performance package 4.0. It's what I got. Makes a big difference. And, guys, I got to tell you, the real cool thing about it, it's waterproof. So you can use it in the shower. You can use it in the hot tub. You can use it in the soak tub. It's waterproof. So please don't tell me you soak in the tub at night. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Are you getting in the hot tub with absolutely. your wife? How do you your think wife? my skin stays? <laughs> you get in the hot tub with your wife. You got your Manscaped performance package, the lawnmower, and your beard trimmer. And you go, hold well, on, honey, whole, I ain't ready yet. That's <laughs> a whole other conversation if your wife gets in the tub with you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely what? Does another she or does she not? Oh, yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a tub as big as this conference table. Is that right? Excuse me. <laughs> Nicely done there, Sadler. Uh, so everybody, look. Go to Manscaped. It's called Lake Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of gross. Uh, everybody, go to Manscaped.com. Uh, check out all their great products. I mean, they have so many products. They've got colognes. They've got body washes. They've got, uh, you know, the shampoo conditioner. They've got now beard trimmers and down there trimmers. Uh, you need to look because this is the company for men's grooming that you should stop at first. It's your only stop for men's grooming, manscaped.com. And when you go there and you order anything and put in promo code Sadler, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping. Plus free shipping. And so we are just proud to have manscaped.com on board here at Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. Plus, if you order the Pro Beard Kit, you're also going to get three free gift guys, the beard brush, the comb, and the scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. Man, they just Plus keep, free shipping. Plus free shipping. They just keep handing it out, don't they? But guys, you'll get hooked on this just like we are. Uh, go to manscaped.com. 
Look up what they they have. Buy what you get. Put in promo code Sadler. We get the credit for it. They're happy that we promoted their product. And you get a great product delivered to your front door with free shipping. Everybody gets to look like me and you. And that would be a better world, wouldn't it, Shep? Yes, it would. <laughs> okay. Go to manscaped.com and make sure you look up and find the things you need and get promo code Sadler in there in the checkout and you'll get 20% off on everything. Free shipping. Free shipping. <laughs> and we're back. I'm Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley, and I'm laughing at Shep, and I'm leaning right. I'm Hermie Sadler, turning left, leaning right and turning left with Sadler and the Senator. So we're here in the second segment. We have now our guest. We we went through the first segment waiting on him, thinking that maybe he wouldn't arrive, but he has shown up under the Eastern Stanley Time banner. Uh, my good friend, a senator since 2011, in fact, he and I were elected. I was elected in 2011 and then reelected. But when we were reelected, we got the majority of the Senate back. First time in many years. Uh, Senator Bryce Reeves. You're welcome. <laughs> we never get the credit, do we? I never. We didn't get invited to anything, even though we get all. We did it all. Yeah, yeah. And uh, right. it was a great victory, and it really stunned the Democrats. When I'd gone in the Senate in 2011, it was 2218 like it is now. And, um, and, and you know, so we've had majorities and minorities, but... Uh, you know, we're st- we still get no respect, no respect. You know what I mean? When it comes oh, to we our get bills passed, and we do, and we're and Bryce is one of the most effective, effective legislators. Just to give you a little bio on Bryce, guys. Bryce was uh, went to Texas A and M, Army, joined the Army, Army Ranger. Actually, you went through the uh, through the military program at A and M, right? Yep. And Army yep. Ranger yep. served his country valiantly, wonderfully. Uh, got out of that, got in the insurance business. Is that about right? Law enforcement first. Oh, I'm sorry. Law enforcement. In fact, he was a cop in Prince William County when I was a lawyer trying cases up in Northern Virginia. And I am sure that he sold me marijuana. Yeah. You and Rossi <laughs> Austin, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Federal judge. Yeah. Now? Yeah. 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 Who, who was Austin. the defense guy? Yeah. With Rossi you. was you a good slime guy. ball yeah. back then. Whatever. Yeah. But you were a copper. You were a narcotic. I was. Uh, I was a narc. So yeah. you undercover in the whole nine? I, oh, yeah. You hadn't seen my pictures. Oh, dude. He's got pictures. Undercover. I mean, oh, yeah. I probably would have bought weed from him if I was smoking. <laughs> you did. You did buy weed. Did I? Yeah. You Thanks brought for, it. Thanks for not prosecuting. So, you know, Bryce. I digress. And then Bryce got in the insurance business. And then something motivated. Oh wow! Him. Yeah, look at him. He looks like drunk Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's why nobody thought I was a cop. That's right. I fit right in. Hey, drunk Jesus, you got any weed? <laughs> so um, Bryce, uh, you know, got motivated and decided he was going to step up and have the courage, like you did or you are having right now, Hermie, and, and run and try to make a difference. So Bryce, welcome to the show. Thank you. This is awesome. I get to sit next to him. He replaced Carico. Oh wow! And you mean Bill Carico, yeah, Southwest yeah, Virginia? Yeah, he was. And it's pretty big shoes. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, they are big shoes. Have you seen his paws? Big underwear too. <laughs> He's a big boy. That, that guy has probably been three hundred pounds since he was nine. Bill Carico, I'm just guessing. But uh, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you. I know you were in. You were very busy in committees. This is the first real busy day for committees. So, tell us what's going on. I mean, well, first of all, let's start from the beginning. I mean. You know, what, what motivated a young adult to, to, to join the Army and be a ranger? I mean, that's something big. And then what got you into politics? Well, what got me in the Army was the wanting to serve, right? Every male member of my family has worn the cloth of the country. I mean, literally going back great-great-grandfather, right? So it was kind of inherent upon us, and it was modeled for us that service to your country is probably the, 
the biggest thing you can do. So, and I wanted to be the best, right? And uh, my dad was Army, my brother was Army, and so I was going Army, and my son's going Army now, and he's a cadet at A&M. He's got an Army ROTC scholarship. God willing, he'll get commissioned and go in and be a Ranger as well. So, you know, if you're going to do anything, you do it the best. And what got me into politics was I was in business, built a commercial building. doesn't look anything like what I had planned. Uh, local government squeezed me so hard and got in my pockets so deep that I was frustrated. Uh, and I decided to do something about it. And I engaged in politics, not knowing a damn thing about it. Can I say that? Can I say that word? Yeah. Okay. Oh, you can say shit. It's wide listen, open here. Listen, Carico, Carico, Carico said, said shit on here later. Yeah. No way. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, Louise, did he have a Louise Lucas policy? got mad as a motherfucker in here one day. So he, I mean, it's pretty much wild. That's true. That's true. No, we promised him. We said, well, we're going out to dinner. Let's go drink with Carico now that she said the S word. And then I uh, asked Carico if uh, his wife listened to the podcast. He said, yeah, she's mad. <laughs> I think he actually used a word at dinner, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, I think he missed, slipped twice. I might have missed that. I was focused on you eating that half a loaf of bread there at Bookbinders. God, it was good. <laughs> Clearly. He looked like you guys were engaged. Um, so, so anyway, I was us. in business, mm -hmm. frustrated, ran for office, lost, a lost election for a supervisor, was pissed off at the Republicans cause I ran under a Republican banner and I got no help from the committee. So I ran to be committee chairman of yeah. Spotsylvania and won and, um, then, uh, helped Bob McDonald, Ken Cuccinelli and Bill Bowling get into office. I think that was about the time you were running to be chairman of the Republican Party of and, Virginia. And right? I'm guessing you did not vote for me. No, I voted for your good friend. <laughs> the old guy. The, yeah. Who won. Yeah, who, Pat. Who, who, my, right? I got my ass beat by a 72-year-old man in the race. <laughs> I got like 38% of the vote. It was not close. But uh, but I'm glad I lost. <laughs> Pat Mullins, you know, good dude. And, yeah. um, and then you got elected to the Senate. The next year. Yeah. I think. I think it was the next uh, 10, 11. It was two years into McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when uh, that's a when year. I got approached by McDonald to say, hey, we'd like you to run for the Senate. And uh, I said against who? And they said Ed Houck. And they said, you know, I'm like, he can't be beat. The guy's got Republicans voting for him. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, we ran. We beat him by 86 votes on election night. Yeah, and that was. And we took we took control. That was a that was an incredible night because I had dropped down out of the 20th or the 19th Senate district to run against a, a long time. That's right, they, they Democrat. Threw, yeah, yeah, Roscoe Reynolds. They said cannot be beat. It's been there 20 some odd years, and I was like, okay, challenge accepted because I'm a dumbass. And um, and so you and I kept in touch because we met at a right. caucus meeting the first year when I was filling in the first year of Robert Hertz last. Right. last year of his term he went on congress and uh you and i had a, had a talk and we stayed in touch and i remember that night uh i had just been declared the winner by 644 votes actually it was less than that at the time because they had one box one voting precinct that yeah, they couldn't get the slot. box open but it was like 113 votes so there's no way it could change and i call him up and he's going up and down he's in the lead he's not in the lead you're seeing this on tv uh, he's up he's up by 15 he's down by 27 he's up by 119 i think it was 119 and down by this and, and 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 it's just going back and forth and you and i had that conversation man we're gonna win we're gonna take the majority back he felt really confident and uh he said some people had left already thinking that you had 11 lost. 30 at night yeah they all left yeah. even mcdonald all of those guys cuccinelli and but then didn't he turn around and come back yeah 11 no 11 35 at night he's calling me and He's he's like I'm like Ken yes sir you know uh, we lost I'm going home he goes no you won by eighty six well 
was 86 votes that night, right? Mm -hmm. And he goes, I'll be in your office in five minutes. I'm like, well, how the hell can you be in my office in five minutes? I'm downtown. Like, how did, what? And he's like, they all left because they thought we lost. Uh So he was driving back up to Prince William, found out we won, and was like kind of near Fredericksburg. So he's like coming over to help us. And I remember calling Mark Obenchain at about three o'clock in the morning. And he's like, no, you lost. And I'm like, no, um, here, speak to the attorney general. He says, you need to be at this uh, polling station, Canvas or whatever, (laughs) restaurant office. They check the votes the next day. They just kind of go through the tapes and make sure everything's right. They They call it a canvas. Right, and uh, it held, and we wound up winning eventually after the canvas by 226 votes, but it changed the balance of power. Second time since Reconstruction of the Civil War. Mm-hmm. That we had we all. would take the majority, and all I got was a horrible seat and crappy committees for winning. <laughs> Nothing changed. A horrible changed. seat? Yeah. What do you mean horrible seat? Sitting next to me? No, I was sitting next to Garrett, remember? Oh, yeah, you're Up sitting front in front of in us. in the corner. So he's an original member, gentlemen, of the what we call the Raucous Caucus. You may have heard us talk about that. We were over in the corner where they couldn't see us and they couldn't hear us, so we basically thought we had carte blanche and, uh, and we did. A, a check that we could write any amount on. We had Senator Jeff McWaters. We had Ryan McDougal. And then we had uh, my man over here, Bryce Reeves, and Tom Garrett. And we're going to have Tom Garrett on the show as well. And so we would do fun things. It was a serious job, but we would try to prank each other. And I remember uh, since he was a freshman uh, and he was all gung-ho. Bryce Reeves was super gung-ho. And so Bill Bowling was the lieutenant governor at the time. Why are you going to ditch on me, man? Well, this what? is great. This is a funny oh, story. I'm going to tell the story about taking McWater's shoes, too. Okay, that's fine. So He's a lot bigger than so you are. You can, <laughs> well, I'm just telling you right now. We were deep in session probably the first couple of weeks, but Reeves was like gung-ho. You know? But we were calling him new guy. What's up, new guy? Come on. You got to do this. You got to do that. And, you know, and he's, he's like you know, a plebe or a, what, a fish in a t- uh, Texas a yeah. So he would do whatever it was. So one day... It's kind of a long session. You can see that whatever whatever <laughs> the lieutenant governor had eaten was not doing well in his stomach. And he is like, and he's trying to get Walter Stasher. It wasn't Walter. Yeah, it was Walter Stasher. It's like his attention to come up because he's president pro tem to take over for him. And he's jumping off the dais. And he jumps off the dais. And we're all watching this. And, you know, Bryce is watching. And he's doing the Texas two-step to try to get to the bathroom, which is in the back of the cloakroom. He's prairie dogging. He's prairie. He's prairie dog. And I and I look at I Reeves in front of me. I go, Reeves, Reeves, you got to go protect the lieutenant governor. He goes, what? I said the youngest member, number forty, always has to follow the lieutenant governor if he leaves the floor. You but have I to. wasn't forty at that time. I was I thirty-eight. Well, <laughs> you, the youngest guy, the new guy, has got to go in there and follow him and protect him. You must protect him. And Reeves jumps up like he's getting out of that foxhole. <laughs> Starts taking off. That's true. Bowling hits the door. That's Reeves true. right behind him. Reeves, you pick up the story from there. And, he and goes, by this why time, are you following me into the bathroom? <laughs> and I told him, he goes, get out. <laughs> I'm here to protect you, sir, while you take number two. And, and of course, we were trying to go, uh-oh, uh-oh, because we were just messing with him. He jumps up and goes out there to protect the president while he's in the stall. So that is how dedicated a man Bryce Reeves was when he came in. He was all gung-ho. I got vengeance, though. You guys got to understand. I got vengeance on all of them, McWaters especially. So Jeff McWaters never wore socks. And every once in a while, he'd kick off his shoes. Oh, and it smelled like a big, giant right. bag of Fritos was right. open in the corner, man. So he had one Frito day, feet. he left his shoes, went somewhere, kind of just a couple desks down. I picked up his shoes. Now, there's snow and ice outside. Yeah, it's snowing. I had his shoes delivered to his office. By a page. By a page, right? You put them in a bag bag or something. I put them in a bag. (laughs) 
And I let poor Jeff McWaters at the end of session had to go. He couldn't find his shoes because they weren't there. And I had left and everybody was leaving. And he's like, where are my shoes? He had to walk back to the GAB <laughs> with n- barefoot with yeah. no shoes the good through one. the snow. It was awesome. That was a good one. And then and we're going to have Jeff on, and we're going to have the Rockus Caucus back on, Oh, too. I remember the time that your desk looked like a kid or kitty box. Uh, it, uh, uh, yes, I was. <laughs> yeah, I, <I'd, laughs> we could go into all the pranks that we did, but you guys got me back. I'd been playing pranks on these guys, and I was, I was offering cat and dog bills. And they were saying, don't offer cat and dog bills. So I was like, challenge accepted. We're going to be a pet-friendly place, companion animal-friendly state. And so I had done something really bad to them. And so they devised a way. They snuck into the Senate chamber. And we have these roll-top desks that, you know, you lift up. And they took out all my stuff and replaced it with kitty litter. And then they had gotten brownies. And they rolled them into the shape of cat poo. So they then littered them throughout the desk. And even had a scoop. (laughs) And so when I came and I sat down and I pushed on my desk, I heard this I'm like, what the hell is that? And, like, and then it was not closing. And I open up, and there is cat litter and cat poo in my mind. And it, it didn't smell like a cat little litter box, but if I we could so have pissed. secured it, it would have been it. I was so, I mean, I was so pissed. I was like, ten pounds of cat litter in my damn desk. So, <laughs> so they the pranks got out prank. Well, uh, and then I, and then I, then I created Operation Fancy Feast, which uh, oh my Senator gosh. McWaters uh. used to bolt on Fridays to go back to Virginia Beach as soon as over, and sometimes he'd just run out the dang door. And so I bought four cans of uh, of savory salmon soft cat food, and I popped four of them in his desk and covered him up and covered him up and so when he came back on monday morning he oh, sat down yeah. and it was he was like hey guys hey oh what's that stanley did you take a shower and then he opens his desk and it's like flies coming out of it <laughs> it was fun so that's how we had fun and there are a lot more stories we'll so tell. herman this is why i ain't gotten anything done over here this is why you're having to run <laughs> it's it's not, too busy a, playing prank so we get a lot done senator reeves what is um sessions just getting started and things are still settling in but what's what legislation is at the top of your agenda? What are you, what are you working on this time around? So you, I, I heard the earlier segment you guys were talking about gaming. So one of the things that uh, uh, Bill knows is that I've been intimately engaged in gaming since I found out all the fraud and abuse that was happening in charitable gaming, right? So uh, And describe that a little bit. I mean, for the audience, for our listener. You know, we have charitable gaming, which is allowing our charities to, to engage almost w- until now unrestrained in running right. gaming halls uh, for giving just a small percentage to charity and the companies that run them so the, a lot of the money. <clears throat> Bill, you're right. I mean, the reality is our charities used to use bingo, right? And then COVID hit and there wasn't bingo. And we had allowed them electronic gaming for a little while, pull tabs, some of these things. And they really wanted to expand that. But we didn't know that the regulatory board of charitable gaming had uh, redefined what they called social quarters to where those were in bars and restaurants, which is not where charities are supposed to be. And you can't play bingo because it's all tied to bingo, right? Mm-hmm. So we had a formal investigation uh, by the inspector general as well as a, a committee put together over a year. And all these things came to fruition. And, and the real reality is in about nine years, uh, gross proceeds from one company was $2 million. For another company, a gaming company, was three. And in nine years, one was at $551 million, The other one was at $861 million. So A one, charity. That's a charitable gaming. $1.3 billion with just two companies with less than 4% going to charity. That's not charity. That's profit. Money, that's profit. 
right? Not and so we had to revamp that, and we worked through that, and uh, we tightened down. We we got rid of the board, and now they're an advisory board, and we have a regulatory branch. On Wasn't that. the board run by the people that actually own the charitable gaming companies? It, it, it was mm-hmm. right. Because That's the we fox all, guard in the hen house. Look, yeah. I had I had some interactions with some of those type people. You know, they're running these charitable operations, and they're renting space from themselves. Paying twenty five, thirty thousand dollars a month rent for a ten by twenty little space of room, and 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 in my view, laundering this money around. And the, in your opinion, in my opinion, thank you. And but also in my opinion, the big thing did that hurt the legitimate VFWs and the other people that Correct. were trying to do it the right way get penalized or or unable to. And, and they, these companies really depend on this revenue. They were doing it, doing it the right way, and they get. Kind of like with us now, they get bad jumbled players. in with right. the with with the bad operators, and so good on you for uh, working on trying to clean that up. Well, and so the big thing, Hermie, that we're working on now is, um, along with my colleague, Democrat colleague uh, Paul Kresick, is we're setting up the Virginia Gaming Commission. I kind of came up with that name and what it should do because there was a JLARC report that came out and said. All these different entities have some issues, but HHR has a lot. Historical horse racing, paramutual betting, right? Roses, you mentioned that in your earlier segment. And, you know, as much as they want to say it's about historical horse racing, it's not. It's about the slot machines. It's all about greed and money. And we all understand that. So one, one of the things that I've always said, Bill knows this, I'm not here to pick winners and losers. I'm here to make sure there's an equal playing field. Now, I, I would contend, you guys had this earlier argument, the people that are playing at your gas station, they might go to Rosie's, right? They might. Might. Your, might. They're never going to a casino. They're not. Right? So there's plenty of market share out there for everybody that's that wants to play. Mm-hmm. The challenge you have is what you were talking about earlier where the casinos want to kill the skill game guys, right? Because they're the guys that were paying all the taxes, right? And casinos weren't up yet. You know, when I was working and up And they there, pay more you know, taxes right now than... Well, they don't right now, but when they were allowed, more than the casinos ever will. Correct. Up to a quarter billion Correct. dollars a year. And, and, and their base is not going to go to their establishments, period. Right. But anyway, the system that we have set up now, um, and J- the JLOC report came out, and they, they put casinos and they put um, online sports betting, uh, you know, like FanDuel and those, under um, – uh, lottery, which you can't have a gaming institution manage another gaming institution. There's a there's a inherent conflict of interest. So what we're going to do is set up an umbrella. We're going to keep everybody in their silos, and we'll clean them up as we go along mm-hmm. and make sure that we manage those correctly. We'll put enforcement up there, people from the attorney general's office up there, and we're going to we'll have a commissioner that oversees all the gambling. But we need some time to do that properly. And so what I've requested is I have a study. It's bipartisan, bicameral, that'll make it through with two budget amendments that's going to spend about 250000 uh, so that HHR, the horse racing folks, can address the deficiencies that were noted in the JLARC report. And then We've asked for another 250000 so those of us during the study can hire a consultant and the best in the business to tell us how we implement an overall regulatory branch that oversees all these different entities. And I, and I have a kind of a funny story. Uh, my comms director and myself were going to an event. Do you have a comms director? I do. You do, that, too. Who? It's called Hermie. 
<laughs> he's my communications director. Uh, he tries to shut you off, but he can't. <laughs> he tells me to shut up. Yeah, that's okay. Then that's a communications but, director. But, here, but here's the funny thing. So we go, I want a comms director. We got to hire him. Freaking fancy guy over there. I got exactly. I got, I got a 73 year old man that I pulled out of retirement. Who I love desperately. I mean, Phil Rapp's great. He's an he used Army to run, Ranger. Yeah, he's Army Ranger, and yeah. he used to run Tredegar overseas. Right. But I don't have a comms guy. You don't need him if you got Phil Rapp. Okay. The Rapster is everywhere. He is. All right, but, continue. Fine. So, so we pull him. into the C-store, <laughs> and we go in, and uh, she says, oh, the, are those gray machines just loud enough where if you're in earshot, you're going to hear it? And I get a coffee or whatever, and I go out, and I go, you know, I'm going to go back in and see if they have... The decals, right? Because you know, if it's a gray machine, it should have an ABC, ABC gr- orange decals. They're sticker, not right? gray machines. Okay. They're skill games. I understand that. You know, but everything's a gray machine. Then they're all now they're, they're all, all skill same. games. Yeah, right. I get it. Uh-huh. I know that. I, I know get, how to I differentiate games of skill from games of chance. I get we, we can have that long conversation yes, if you'd sir. like. Okay, later. Um, so I go back in, and this Korean lady's like, "I'm shutting all the games off." All of them. So she goes in and shuts them all off, right? And looks at me like, we're not playing games. And I couldn't. Because you know what? Because you look like a cop. I, well, I was a cop. Yeah, but, but you still But like I am going to go back in there and figure out if uh, who the manufacturers are and who the distributors are. Because they're not supposed to be putting those games out. No, and they're, and they're grouping them all together. We talk about this on this podcast. We talk about it all the time. Now everything's a skill game. They used to be called great machines, but now... The games of chance and the and the VGTs are clearly illegal. They call them skill. So now we finally get called skill games. Right. Bill knows I got a phone like right after. I say we filed a suit in June, and I think the SB nine seventy one, SB nine seventy one took effect that July one. Right. Well, banning the games, banning the games initially. In the interim, I get a phone call from this guy from Chicago, who's referred to me, and he says, hey, Hermie, I'm so-and-so, so-and-so. I represent so-and-so, Golden, you know, VGTs. He says, look, let the skill thing go. Just let it go, because give us two weeks after the games go dark, and I can get you some VGTs in your store, and you'll be back up and running and never know the difference. But the difference is they would control all the, Correct. you know, the revenue. Well, and, and there's and the problem. That. They're not licensed to do that. And yeah. So what you had now is you have illegal games proliferating. Yeah. You have manufacturers. And we did it. Well, not me and Hermie. The Virginia right. government did it. Correct. And and you have manufacturers who have the audacity to say, we just sell the games. We're not responsible for how they're played. And that really made me mad, right? Because it's almost like Oxycontin. Ah, I just make the stuff. I don't prescribe it, right? But now they're proliferated everywhere. We've got to have harder sanctions. It's $25,000 a machine. Well, that's not enough. Right, because you can make twenty five thousand dollars in a great location, pretty doggone quick, and those machines aren't that expensive. With so. a game of chance, yeah, of, of course. And so, you know, we've got a lot more cleanup to do. But anyway, that's one of the bigger, Hermie. That's one of the bigger bills that I'm dealing with. No, and, 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 and I think that's great because what Las Vegas has a, ga- a gaming commission, right? They do correct. Jersey has a gaming commission, right? Yep. I don't know of any state that puts casino gambling and that kind of gaming underneath the lottery because the lottery is an independent political subdivision it's an independent agency in the government well it is and it's a gambling right lotteries gaming right so they shouldn't be regulating other gaming companies and and lotteries already uh, we've demonstrated in our court case has a kind of a relationship partnership with the casino interests well well, they have to because they're putting them in place right now right right i mean we're going through that right now um 
with regard to that. But eventually, my goal is to pull that out of lottery, right? Because the casinos are going to come, right? But I need to keep everybody in their silos, and I need to keep them from, you know, look, skills listed in my, my bill, because right now you guys are still here. It's legal. As your case points out, Bill, I, you know, I know the difference between a skill game and a game of chance, right? In a skill game, you can win up to 105% of your money back, guaranteed. If you sit there long enough and play that, follow the draft, you'll get all your money back. Well, in that, every single time you play it, you have a chance to win based on your own skill. Games of chance are just, you Correct. press the button and see what happens. Correct. Big difference. The biggest thing I was glad to hear you say, and Bill and I talk about this all the time, I don't necessarily have an agenda. I want the government to treat everybody fair. You know, like the other day, and you said it, you know, fair government and all that is is the main thing. And I had a, a, a person in Richmond call me the other day and we talking about a little something. He said, you know, but Hermie, you have to remember all the money that the casinos are spending, investing. Well, they don't have know, to do that, Hermie. But, but I said, They're choosing to I make said, that decision. How about all the money that, not only my company, but all these other small businesses. How about all the money in the last 40 years that we have invested in the buildings that we built and the people that we employed and the taxes that we generated and all those things? Is that, I mean, is that, is it, is, is it a, is it a, is it a kick a measurement on who's got the most invested? Well, We've been here the whole time. What know? I can tell you is I, I used to be chairman of social service and rehab and that used to control ABC liquor license, all that stuff. And I will tell you when COVID hit and we went cocktails to go, that saved our restaurants. That literally saved yeah. our restaurants. And so we, we made that into permanent uh, code. And so I will tell you, skill games have saved some mom and pop yep. gas stations and everything else. And if anybody says it hasn't, they don't know what they're talking about. Yep. Right? Because those few players that they get in, whether it's one or two machines and they sit there, they'll, they'll buy sodas, they'll buy hot dogs, they'll play for a while, whatever. And they're regular customers. And, and you know, they get to know people and everything else. Those players are not going to the casino. Yeah. They, if they're lucky, they'll get to a Rosie's if there's one near them within a certain demographic. Um, but I, I just truly think we just have to level it out. We have to make government work for us. We need to manage it properly. Um, there's a lot of things Bill will tell you that we shove down people's throats here, and it's really understanding how how a, how to identify a problem, not a solution, but mm. a problem. Right? Mm. There's there, you have to look at it as if something's a technical issue or it's an adaptive challenge. And too often times we apply a technical solution to an adaptive challenge. And what I mean by that is, you're an NASCAR guy. Your car doesn't start. It's either fuel, battery, right? You yep. can start knowing that pretty quick. But then if I come to you, Herman, and go, I want you to make your car fly when it takes off. That's a little bit bigger challenge, yep. right? You might be able to figure it out, but you got to bring more people in. You got to lower the expectation. You got to widen the bandwidth, and that's what we're trying to do: is build some time space so we have the chance to put the Virginia Gaming Commission up and do it right. And I'm okay overseeing lottery and, and the implementation that they're doing, but we don't need to give them any more. Yeah. But we need to we need to make sure we're having enforcement, which we've done. We've got to get the state police out there actually arresting some of these guys and, and just confiscating these machines. You confiscate enough of them from these manufacturers, they're going to quit putting them out. Our hope, my hope is still that we will get to a point, and by, by everybody involved, I mean skill, charitable, casinos, Rosies, everybody involved. Once we get past all the jockeying and people get over the heartburn sure. and the heartache – the bottom line is 
the illegal operators are the only ones that's the enemy of all of us. That's correct. So once we get everybody situated, okay, charitable, you got your regulations, you're in this lane, skill is in this lane, so many machines per store, tax regulation, whatever they decide to do, casinos, all that, then we've got to come together and sit down at a table like this and come up with a framework for a task force or something, take some of these revenues and the elite, because all these and, and vape shop people, this summer. all these vape shop games show up and you put 20 games, Shep's got places in South Hill where they've got just 20 games in a back room right. somewhere. We don't want that. Right. We didn't have that before. ABC, we had a ABC license and we had, you know, so many games and we were so many hours of operation and Will well, lit and all that. I can that. tell you, I went into an establishment, the windows were blacked out and it said billiards. And I went in and I have the video on my phone. I'm happy to show it to you. Was any no, pool tables in there? There was no pool <laughs> tables. There were some tabletop games. Maybe a guy named Bill. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, you could play everything from roulette to blackjack to whatever. They were all Chinese-made games. You'd play. Ah, no they, wonder Glev they, Governor Youngkin's keeping them away. They would Good pay man. you through Venmo. Oh, right? really? If you won, you'd get paid through Venmo. But what's really scary, here's the thing that's really scary to me, is they had a QR code on a sticker with the name of the so supposed company, which that company name went down to uh, an attorney's office in Virginia Beach, right? That was their quarter rec their record for their thing. But you scan that with your phone, and you go home and you play. How do you, how do you regulate that? How do you even wow. figure out taxation on that? That's the kind of stuff. The crooks are getting ahead of us, right? Oh, they're way ahead of us. Right. And so those are the things, as you set the VGC up, that law enforcement, we're going to have to give, enable them to have those tools to be able to do that. But, you know, um, I'm carrying veterans' bills. Uh, I've got all kinds of bills this year. Now, now, Terry Kilgore has also, before we get off the skill games and the gambling issue, Terry Kilgore has bravely, you know, he's from the Bristol area, uh, was a big supporter of the casino legislation because it emanated from there. He's put in a bill to restore skill games basically to where it was before SB 971 went into effect. Doesn't create more, doesn't create less, just kind of gives it, and I think it even has a one-year sunset so we can get some permanency to it. What's your opinion of, of that litigation? And let me tell you, he's not only brave. From what I've heard, I don't know this for a fact, but it's been rampant, is that the casinos have been very negative towards one of their biggest backers, Terry Kilgore, because he would dare try to level that playing field. Look, the casinos want to gobble everyone. That's when I was working on charitable and I was knee deep in it and they were coming after me and all the things, you know, Bill, yeah, that, I do. that I was having to deal with. Yes. I, I had HHR and casinos were my biggest supporters to like fix charity, but they really didn't want to fix charity. They wanted to get rid of electronic gaming and charities. Right. And uh, we're just not going to let that happen. And so I think they're going to have to come to the realization that, look, uh, Bill, I, I know what kind of attorney you are. You're a hell of an attorney. You, you've got this injunction. You guys are here. You've been paying taxes. Look, I, I think we've have won three times. Right. Supreme I, Court I, and twice in the circuit court. I, I think, look, I, you know, Kilgore reads the writing on the wall, right? These casinos need to focus on what they're good at, and that's running casinos and stop interjecting themselves because people are getting tired of everybody coming. I am especially, and I'm one of the gambling czars with uh, Paul Krusek that everybody comes to in the General Assembly, right? They're, they're like, hey, can Bryce we Reeves, gambling czar. That's it. Hey, I've got one that's question. That's Reeves, gambling czar. I've got one question that I, I have these conversations with Bill a lot. We talk nightly about a number of things. And every time I say this to him, he nice. gets quiet. Yeah, nice. So I'll ask you this question. 
you have a after this conversation, I've you got a firm grasp of everything that's going on in know the much. gaming industry. Okay. <laughs> but to get anything done, it's gonna have to get through Janet Howell and appropriations. So right. how does that happen? She loves me. <laughs> how do you know that, Bill? She doesn't love me. She, she loves me. me. I mean she look, I was leaning down getting water out of the cooler and she was above holding the door you to the cooler. Her. I, okay. okay. Uh, ask for some records. Uh, and you could see her in a moment in time, her looking like, mm. <laughs> slam, <laughs> he could have gotten me. And I looked at her and said, mm, you're missing an opportunity. And she laughed. But no, I, you know, and I can't uh, blame her. I mean, I, I'm going to answer Hermes question. Yep. You got to educate her on what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, when I went to her and, and uh, Senator Barker looking for my half a million dollars to fix the things that I have to do to set up the VGC, she understood. And I think a lot of it is, you know, Bill kind of half-heartedly brought it up. Everything's a gray machine now. But it's truly understanding the technology and then what it is. I mean, when you start talking about skill games, what about Microsoft uh, games that you play on your computer that our, our kids play? Uh, and Call make of, money on them. Call of Duty, and you got you to gotta purchase lives and all that stuff, and you can win stuff. Not only that, there are kids, and we've talked about this before, playing Madden f and making a, a ton of money right. being in tournaments. And that is a game of skill, a video Correct. game of skill. And Correct. it's protected by the First Amendment. And there's no chance. There's no chance in those games, right? It's all skill, like your thumb movement, eye coordination, yeah. all that sort of stuff. And so, so I think it's a, Hermie, it's an education thing. I think, you know, um, this is going to be Janet's last session. Uh, I think her and Saslaw, they're they're retiring, and um, you know, I know she hates it, but I think she's under the mindset that everything's a skill game, other unless it's in a casino. Everything's a gray a, machine, yeah, or not a skill game. Well, you know what I mean. It, it, they're all intertwined, and they're not slot machines. You know, right. skill games not slot machines, and slot machines aren't skill. Correct. Um, you know, game of chance like, or game of skill. It's like skill. fingernails on a chalkboard. I mean, she's just, she's just not they ever all been, look a lot alike. She's though. never yeah. been willing, and I've tried more than one occasion to set up a meeting just to have a, a discussion. Well, like she doesn't this. like NASCAR. Well, really? Maybe so. No, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> but she's not. She's not been willing to have a conversation. I was thinking about bringing the open wheel modified down, park it right there in front of the uh, so I have building. a question for yeah. you. Going back because your law enforcement background, and as Hermie said, in South Hill, we have had proliferation of machines come out right. but our chief of police has also gone in and shut machines down that's correct and i'm very very proud of that i've worked with bill on getting some information to help him i don't understand the confusion on the injunction to me the injunction is very very clearly written but why do you think other law enforcement agencies or other localities have not really address the illegal games because i'm tired of hearing well we really don't know what the injunction means well i, I think part of it is it, it's very simple if it doesn't have a sticker it's illegal if, it, if are you talking or about even a sticker to, if it's not been registered previously under, before 971 serial number Cor yeah. correct it's the machine serial it, number that it, it's it's literally that simple. because they have counterfeit and, and I stickers the bill to give them the teeth i, I understand I, so it's it's educating these folks I think that's part of it. I think uh, Attorney General Miara's office is going to start educating these folks because the quicker we can get rid of the roaches, right, the quicker we can get back to business. And that's what it's about. Look, I mean, the reality is this has been a struggle. Uh, it's been an educational experience for me, especially trying to learn all these things and the different how to do all this gambling stuff. I never even wanted to do this. I, I, let me tell you how I got into understanding this stuff. 
and Bill, you can chime in, but you know, I, 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 um, if it's, if it's a veterans related issue, most, I kind of handle all that for the general assembly. And does a great job. I mean, he's, you, you're the one that got the constitutional amendment that allow those families who have a spouse killed in action, not pay property tax, right? Correct. I mean, that's an amazing. I got our tax break for our veterans that have retired uh, last year and then. Now I'm taking the age bracket off of that. But but the reality is they came VFW came to me and they said, Hey, under COVID we can't play bingo. We need to go to twenty four hour uh where our guy people can because playing those those skill uh those games, the charitables, is tied to bingo and bingo hours, right? That's how the law was written. And they were like, Hey, can you get rid of the hours? We just want to be able to go play those machines twenty four seven. I said well, that's reasonable. You haven't been able to play bingo. They got to catch up, right? Common sense. Till I walked into a restaurant and I saw nothing but a line of these machines. And when I did a little homework, those machines were from Chesapeake and they belonged to an organization, a charitable organization called Reba's Rescue. Well, Reba's Rescue's corporate headquarters was like a one million plus home right on the water, right? And you know how much money they put to dogs and cats and all the stuff they're rescue zero so i was pissed i was really upset that they were going to leverage my reputation among my colleagues for being an honest broker right because i could have got that bill out like that i mean easy so i went and changed the bill i said no we're not doing that now that i know these things have proliferated and i got machines in bars where are you supposed to play bingo in a bar right i mean and that's how it started. And then uh, as it went through, I started having more and more things happen. Then we had, <laughs> the, I think the icing on the cake for us was we were at the Science Museum. We were in general laws. And this guy who is the veterans, veterans from the VSW, wearing his little biter cap, VFW, I'm a veteran, started just laying into me on Zoom call about how we're usually with Senator Reed, but he's wrong on this one. Yeah. Well, you know what I found out? That guy was also a lobbyist for Powerhouse Gaming, but he didn't disclose Which is casino, right? right? He didn't want to disclose that he worked actually, and that. Oh, and it, you were just attacked, and they had all these veterans turning on Bryce, who were misinformed about what he was trying to do. Well, the VFW got two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars from this gaming company to be the sole provider of games to that organization, right? Amazing. I mean, they beat the tar no out of it. No disclosure there, was it? No, there was none, right? I had to go find it. We've even had one business in town, and again, I have to give credit to our police chief because he has, under a little bit of pressure, kind of inserted himself. We had a business that actually made a Xerox copy of a yellow sticker and put on the games, which he called. He shut them down. And every now and then, I'll tell Hermie, you know, three more machines gone, another. And they're constantly cropping up. But I just don't understand why more localities are not cracking down on it. Because in current injunction, in, at least in well, my view, is very clearly written. Well, we have to it's go. The, the next step is to go out after the distributors and the manufacturers, right? I, and, and the bill I wrote, it said if you have any viola- gaming violations in any other states, which most of these guys play in other states, uh, rather than look uh, retrospectively, I looked prospectively because I know Powerhouse and some of the others have had some gaming violations in other states. But I said, hey, we're going to let you have a clean slate moving forward. Sometimes I wish I didn't do that, right? 
when you start looking at some of these companies and the things that they've done and some of the violations they've had. But I think the bigger thing is, you know, the, the mom and pops, they don't know. Some guy comes in here and says, hey, we're going to promise you this much revenue. You don't have to do a thing. All you got to do is plug it in and we'll handle it. And you handle the taxes and the income, right? Looks sounds like a good deal, makes it easy. And they're telling them it's legal and they don't know because they're signing the, on the dotted line on these things. They're, they're not keeping up with all this stuff. Sure. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, law enforcement, you just come in, grab the machines, and we, the next phase is to go after, uh, you know, illegal distributors and illegal games. Yeah. I want to uh, – Senator Reeves has people here. I understand, and she's doing the wrap-it-up, but I've got two more questions. <laughs> ESD. Because I have to drive to Madison like, County an hour and 30 minutes away. I know. And it's 5 o'clock, and the thing starts at 6.30. Reevesy, you're my Reevesy, dude. So tell me, what is your take on what this session is going to be like as we head in to the – 2023 election where we're all 140 of us up for re-election i mean bear down on that for me <laughs> drill down on that and see what you can do real quick to to inform our audience of uh, voters the direct military in your district. term is charlie foxtrot what does that mean i'm not saying it out loud <laughs> we can bleep it <laughs> i'm not saying have you heard the term foobar foobar yeah, yeah. i have okay I have. well it's it's going to be that you, it's going to get down to the normal stuff right we're going to get everybody's going to get their bills killed somebody's going to get their democrats killed in the house yeah yeah he's going to have somebody that does them dirty in the house and he's going to start holding bills <laughs> and then he's going to wait and hold them a little longer then i've only done that 11 two, times right you know 11 years yeah you get your feelings hurt but don't you think the 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 can't you feel a tension building right now where where I think it's really going to be we're in our partisan corners here in about the next week or two, especially with the bills that are coming up in the, the Senate that they're killing. The bill and the, those things. You've are got the abortion through. bill. You've yeah. got the in, voter integrity bills. You've got bills on r- removing voter us from integrity. the Reggie. We were doing that today with your your favorite person, Amanda Chase. Anything get voted out? No, but I could have got a bill I out. I dig Amanda, Amanda Chase. Chase. I'm sorry. I represent her kids. She, she hasn't had a bill passed in... Uh, since uh, 2018, well, she'll no, never get a bill. That's unfortunate, but no. but uh, you know, so you just think it's every just like every other year? Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty wild We're going snacks. into the ending. We're going to have some great snacks. Yes, I brought snacks to the. We have a little cubby. We and I always bring baby. snacks uh, that we put in there. Be for sure him. he's our participating. No, in the I cannot eat the snacks because I'm on the weight the loss snacks. challenge now. So I heard he smoked you too. Yeah, Way I in. wouldn't you say smoked. <laughs> smoked, buddy. I wouldn't say it was smoked, but he did win. Yeah. He was still twenty five pounds off his target weight when he did the weigh in. I am moving Look, in that general direction, but we don't need him smoking. Right. Okay. Good luck with that. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, I you, seen him hit you'd that be amazed at what I'm gun. not doing. You didn't say to him what you said to me earlier. Oh, I told what's you that? mind his own business. Not, um, not your exactly. Business, <laughs> your business is my business. You must so, say. So, Bryce, I was trying to give you some positive here so you could stay just a little bit longer and your comms person would calm down. Uh, what do you see in your campaign? You're running for re-election. Is that right? I am. What's the new district? So the new district... I. I go from a plus about four Democrat-leaning district to about a plus 18 Republican district. Oh, heck. Yeah, it's nice, right? Uh, finally, you're yeah, kind you you think, think you'd have an easy year, right? okay, yeah. but now I have a challenger, right? Uh, oh, oh yeah. a primary challenger? Uh, yeah, I have a challenger out of Madison. Is his I'm name Emily? Say, uh, <laughs> yeah. I am not saying his name and okay. giving him any Okay, no, no, no. We don't, we're not asking that. So so what are the issues? I mean, what do you see? I mean, you're you're and one of the hardest campaigners. Yeah, I got a primary May six. I got a. They voted mine for a convention. Oh, that's awesome. It is. No, I think so. Oh, good. You want to switch? <laughs> no, switch why is it the primary. same across the state? 
It will, be, it it will be in 24. Yeah. There will be no more party process. It'll but why all be hasn't primary. it been? Because the state allows. Yeah, no, I think there are different candidates in different districts that, you know, typically in, in a convention, your most conservative uh, candidate usually wins because it's the diehard red meat people that come to a convention for one day. So, you know, it just depends. Uh, you know, we chose Firehouse primary to keep the Democrats out, right? But still have it a primary where everybody can come vote. We have two locations, May 6th, uh, Orange and Culpeper. And so, <laughs> one's in his garage and the other one's his grandma's house. That's where you can vote. Right. I wish it was that simple. So what are the big issues you're seeing in, in your new district primary? Uh, time and space, right? It's mm-hmm. so big. It's uh, the new words, district is I keep time for him to go to another space. Yeah, yeah hour and a half, hour and a half. Blah blah blah. So it, listen, I keep Spotsylvania, the, the portions I had of Spotsy. I keep all of Orange, which I had. Uh, I pick up the rest of Culpeper. I had like a good swath of it, three quarters of it. I pick up Madison Green, Rappahannock, and Southern Fauquier around Warrington South. So it's just fantastic and it's beautiful. All right, and I'll end with this, and then, of course, I'm going to give you a plug because, you know, I want to talk about my knowledge of you and, and how important you've been not only in my life but also uh, for Virginia. But what advice, you know, you're a grizzled, seasoned veteran of campaigns. You've you've run for, <laughs> for everything. <laughs> Lieutenant Governor, Senate, Board of Supervisors, I didn't know about that one, and Congress. What advice would you give the new guy, Hermie Sadler, who's running for state senate in the 17th Senate District for the first time? What what piece of the advice? The 17th, that's my district right now. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. So the, so give him some advice. Current 17 so, with the hopeful 17. So there are two things to be successful. One, you got to have a great candidate. Hermie's a great candidate. Yeah. He's got to have the right message, and I know he has the right message. So the other two things that he has to have is money. And, if, and, and more money than you can shake a stick at because money creates opportunities. And, you know, depending on what happens in your race, you got to be able to respond and you got to get your message out. And that's expensive. Nobody discounts TV or mail or anything else. Just fact, it's more expensive. It gets a little more expensive. And then the other thing is uh, sweat equity, Hermie. Yeah. It's all sweat equity. I knocked almost 30,000 doors myself, mm-hmm. like literally burned up. Well, Bill knows I've, I've been. That's what I've he's doing, doing right now. <laughs> How many no knock warrants when so. you're a cop? <laughs> Did anybody open the door aren't and go, you, my you better kid? have a warrant? Aren't you, aren't you my attorney? I am kid? your lawyer. Okay, yes. So, yes. Yeah. Okay. I guess you can't answer that question. <laughs> all right. Well, look, uh, and I'll, and we'll close here and wrap this uh, this episode up, our 52nd episode, Hermine. It's been a lot of fun. And Are we getting any better? Very informative. I think we're getting yeah, better. I the producers seem good. to think we are, and, and we're gaining uh, listenership in, by leaps and bounds. Yeah, Bryce, so. thank you for what you do. Appreciate well, your thank service. you guys. Yes, sir. Bill, I got to tell you. Hey, I hey. got to ride in a race car once. It was Hermes race car. That was <laughs> yeah, a blast. Yeah, yeah. yeah, He got in the ride along. Did he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not Another only a, location. Not only a great Virginian guest today but a great american and oh, thank you so much you're very kind not only for your sacrifice but your entire family sacrifice because as he said every male so far has served this country served his country served his community serves his district and let me tell you I, i've witnessed up front close and personal sitting next to him for a long time being one of his best friends because you know he needs those kind of friends um this is one person that takes the job seriously when we talk about all the time. Some people come up here and they want to be called senator or delegate, and that's what matters most to them. Some people come up here and want to work and don't, call, don't care if you call them butthead, and, and certainly that doesn't define them. That's Bryce Reeves. He comes in here with ideas, with, with passion, and with a vigor 
uh, that I wish every single legislator has because he really does come in here to make a difference. And man, let me tell you, since 2011, Bryce, you have made a difference. So for those out there who are listening and maybe in Bryce's new district number... 28. 28. Your buddy Stu is a little different. Oh, is that right? So get out and vote. Go to those uh, primaries. Get involved because this is a one-of-a-kind legislator and one that we need to come back to Richmond and especially stop the nonsense that's going on with these Northern Virginia Democrats that are trying to dictate to, to us what our lives should be rather than letting us determine them for ourselves. If somebody wants to go learn more about you, Bryce, where do they go? BryceReeves.com. And we're also on Twitter at ReevesVA. And... Um, yeah, we're putting a lot of information out, so it's real simple, BryceReeves.com. And, and I'll tell you, we've got a Democrat coming into the, into the Senate chamber. Quick story before we leave. And, uh, and our clerk comes around. You know I always do this. And a clerk comes over and goes, can you guys move down a seat? You know, like we're moving down a whole row. And Bryce and I, you know, we've been sitting next to each other for four years. And we look at each other like, and he would be like one section over. And we're like, oh, no, 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 we can't do that. We're not moving. No. We can't hold hands. We can't read. The comms director is saying that his <laughs> yeah, yeah. driver is I, out front okay. blowing the horn. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a great podcast, and I'll get you back, comms director, because you did not act calmly. But ladies and gentlemen, my great friend, one of the greatest senators also uh, to sit in the chamber, Senator Bryce uh, Reeves. I'm blessed. I wish you the best luck. Mate. Man, brother. I love I love serving with you. I love sitting with you. Give him a curse. Hey, I'm looking forward to Friday morning breakfast at the governor. <laughs> they have a leadership that we meeting. never get invited to. Bryce and I are both whips uh, in the minority whips, and we never get invited That's to, the the, running joke. to the meetings. Yeah. We're the step. But we pay the higher uh, dues for the caucus. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, what a great episode. Thanks for listening. Um, keep listening. We're going to keep pumping these out, especially during the General Assembly session, let you know what's going on, keep you informed on what's going on in Hermes Race. Hermie, everything good? Everything's good. All right. And you can always doors and making phone calls. You can always reach us at www.sadlerstanleyracing.com. You can find this podcast on every major platform. Give us a five star rating if you if you get the chance and tell your friends. Uh, you can find us on every social media platform, Twitter. What's your Twitter handle, Jeremy? It's another 45 minute. This lady knows that you're sitting here doing this whole purpose. Give your Twitter handle quickly. It's just at Hermie Sadler. Okay, there you go. And then you can find out uh, we're on uh, Facebook and Twitter and all the other damn places. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, have a great week. We'll see you next week with more exciting things to talk about and and all the goings on in the General Assembly session. Turning left and crashing right. All right, shut up, Reeves. I'm going to cut that out. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm State Senator Bill Stanley. Bryce Reeves seatmate, and I'm leaning right. I'm Hermie Sadler, and turning left, leaning right, and turning left with Sadler and the Senator. Appreciate you listening in. Shep Moss, any closing remarks? Another 45 minute closing by the Senator. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope that you don't get a ticket for double parking out front, Senator. All right, we'll see if you're back next week, Shep. All right, everybody, have a great week. We'll see you next week. Somebody's going to run that board. All right, God bless you all. Bye bye. Hi, folks. This is Hermie Sadler. Thanks for listening to our all-new podcast, Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. I hope you are enjoying the show as much as Senator Stanley and I enjoy bringing it to you. Whether you're a family traveling together or a truck driver hauling freight up and down the highway, I hope you will take the time to visit one of our Sadler Travel Plaza locations in Virginia and North Carolina. Sadler Travel Plaza locations are licensed dealer locations for pilot travel centers. And we also carry Shell Motiva Petroleum products for our four-wheel friends. 
We pride ourselves on providing one-stop shopping for service, food, and entertainment. Our food options include Five Guys Burgers and Fries, Quiznos, Dairy Queen, Hermie Sadler's Faux Show Bar and Grill, Victory Lane Restaurant, Hunt Brothers Pizza, Dunkin' Donuts, and much, much more. Our locations include Sadler Travel Plaza in South Hill, located off I-85 at Exit 12, the Sadler Travel Plaza of Emporia, which is conveniently located on Exit 11B off I-95, and Sadler Travel Plaza on Highway 58 in Suffolk. We also have our North Carolina location, Sadler Travel Plaza in Dunn, North Carolina, that's Exit 75 off I-95. We appreciate all of our customers. And Bill and I appreciate you listening to Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Pacematic. Hey, this is Bill Stanley, Hermie Sadler's sidekick on this podcast. When I'm not in Richmond at the Capitol or doing this podcast, my real job for the past 27 years is as a trial attorney with the Stanley Law Group. Here at the Stanley Law Group, we represent our clients in every courthouse in the Commonwealth. No problem is too small for us to solve. No case is too big for us to win. Whether it's criminal charges, traffic offenses, civil disputes, litigation matters of any sort, we handle it all. We make sure that we treat every client like family because they are to us. Your problem is our problem. Your success is our success because we hate to lose more than we love to win. And believe me, we win a lot. Don't believe me? Go ask Hermie. I'm his favorite lawyer, and he hates lawyers. So give us a call at 540-721-6028 and let us help you. Or visit our website at www.vastanleylawgroup.com. That's www.vastanleylawgroup.com. At the Stanley Law Group, we'll make sure we're the lawyers that you swear by and not at.